This isn't just a PSA. That's the sound of the police. This is a PSH. <laughs> it's the Public Safety Hour on WTMJ Now. Joining Steve Scafidi, here's Annie Schwartz. Good morning, everybody. I always feel like we should have like a dance team, like a with that music. Like, I guess a coordinated <laughs> dance team, like behind us. <laughs> Guys and, and girls dancing to the public safety. It's certainly not me and you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think either one of us, I'm speaking for me here, I'm not a dancer. Well, I, have you seen me walk? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Slow dance, though. I suppose. Yeah, of course. All right. Uh, welcome to Public Safety Hour. We do it every Wednesday. This will continue on into the uh, infinity because we're going to do this again next year. As uh, There are elements of, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of our skis, but there are elements of public safety that touch on significance to election events. So we'll talk about that. RNC is going to be a big part of our conversations as we ramp up next year. But wanted to start with this, and we've talked a lot about officer wellness lately, public safety wellness. Just Mm -hmm. be incredible. We had Chief Aaron Lipsky on and and some subject matter experts on that. Greg Young last week. Just talking about the stress and the, the, the toll it takes on our men and women who do those very difficult jobs. You shared with me a recent study that suggests that there's another piece of this that you and I haven't spent a ton of time talking about, but we're going to we're going to dip in our toes into that water a little bit today. And that's the um, the official term that well the unofficial term everybody calls them dispatchers, mm-hmm. but there's a longer title. Yeah, but telecommunicators I think right. is a good because they do more than duck, than than merely dispatch squads. Uh, but I uh, I think that they are truly unsung. Because one of the things that uh, I, I, I follow a number of different social media accounts and groups and things just to see what what people are talking about in the public safety profession. And I follow one group that is just uh, uh, dispatchers and the conversations they have are things I have never thought about. But also what's interesting is after you hear about a, a large scale incident, maybe it's a mass shooting someplace there's always people that get on that particular page and they'll say, hey, is everybody okay in, you know, wherever it, it wherever it might happen to be? Is everybody okay in Las Vegas? Everybody okay? And, you know, wherever it might be, because the, the, the dispatchers are the ones that have to keep it all together to get all the squads to where they need to be. Yes, the officers are responding. But who's telling them and who's helping them? Who's helping direct them the safest way in, the safest way out? Who is helping them get there and stay safe when they're on the scene? And one of the things I was thinking about last night when I when we were deciding what we we're going to talk about is that how many people on their job on a, on a regular basis have their voice recorded as they're responding to the work that they do? They are recorded. The entire conversation is recorded. How they react protocol policies their their tone mm-hmm. their attitude all of these things are measured by the sound of their voice and what the words that they use to essentially calm a situation we honored a, uh, we've honored some dispatchers telecommunicators in our time with salute to service because some of the stories are incredible they As have saved should. lives they have saved lives they've saved lives they've delivered babies they yes. help people deliver babies absolutely uh, and then i love those stories that the that they do when all of us with the media do when they say do you want to meet the person who was on the other end of that phone? And oftentimes people will say, yes, I, I do. Uh, it's such a great story. It's, it's a great story. And, you know, one of the things I love about the work that you and I are doing here, Steve, is that we talk about issues in public safety that aren't necessarily 
what people are thinking. Of course, people are always thinking of police and policing. Uh, you know, story today about, you know, police coming back into MPS and people having their, you know, their their knickers in a knot about that. But uh, I thought I'd use a little a little British expression there um, from 100 years ago. From 100, oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. But, you know, the there are more there are more issues in public safety and there are more pieces to the way that public safety works in our communities than than the police. The police are the important part there but there are all kinds of other parts of that and i just i love that we get to highlight those what have we talked about this year we did officer wellness uh we've talked about houses of worship protecting houses of worship from threats uh we're going to talk about a little bit more on that especially during the holiday season with the 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 subject of threats and, mm -hmm. and how we should all be paying extra attention to those to those threats you and i both have met a lot of these folks who do these jobs dispatchers mm -hmm. telecommunicators to a person, they seem like the most well-balanced, oh, thoughtful, <laughs> nice. And I can't imagine doing a job where you're you're essentially talking to somebody, as my former police chief, John Edwards, used to tell me, the worst day of their lives. The worst day of their lives. Right? Absolutely, yeah. And you are responding in, in such a calm fashion. I, I'm so impressed with these people. I always like. I always listen to, after these, these large-scale incidents, I, I, a lot of people now, a lot of media outlets now are using Broadcastify so that people can hear what the dispatch calls sounded like. And you can hear the officers who are just like, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, officer down, officer, and nothing worse that you can hear over, your, over your, your police radio than to hear officer down or shots fired. And you have this calm voice like the voice of God. That comes over the radio and says, you know, Squad 565, what's your location? What's your location? What's it? I mean, and they're, you know, because they're putting it all together. You know, I, I don't know that a lot of people people think about that. We'll, we'll have such a great conversation later in the hour uh, with a with a sergeant from uh, from a, a Jeremy Grossman's going to join us from yeah. uh, Dodge, Dodge County, County Sheriff's. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, we got to we, listen. I have to show love all over the state. Otherwise, I don't get invited to any of the Christmas parties and stuff. So, yes. And those Christmas parties are fun. You were at one last night. So so let's uh, we'll take a break here. I want to kind of we're going to get back to that at about 930-ish. But we want to talk about some of the uh, concerns going into this holiday season. We know what's happening in other places in the world, right, especially the Middle East. Uh, very fraught with tension and concern. And some of those concerns are raising the the uh, issues of security and the level of security in, the, in our country. We'll talk about that with Annie Schwartz, our law enforcement communications expert here on WTMJ Now. And in this case, this girl is Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert who joins every Wednesday, Public Safety Hour. Uh, one of the scary things is whenever we have situations around the world that amp up everyone's anxiety and the tension that exists every day, the threats of attack or terrorism, they're on everybody's radar. We've seen certainly cases in this country, 9-11, the most famous, I guess. Um but this season, with the war in Gaza, the situation in Israel, the, the tension we've seen at protests around universities and in communities across this great country of ours, once again, we have an elevated risk threats this holiday season. So what are, what are the experts saying as far as communications this year? I've been hearing a lot about, um, first of all, I'm hearing a lot of interviews uh, that the media are doing where they're talking to people about whether or not they're, uh, afraid to put an aura in their window. 
that's the that's the that's the this, the hyper local uh, piece that that concerns people. Just on its face, that's stunning to me. Mm-hmm. Just that that's a reality that we have to face now. I, I guess that I you know I I pride myself in in being someone who who is pretty in tune to what are the different safety. Uh, one of the subjects that people are talking about when they talk about public safety. And that one, that one caught me by surprise. There's a part of me that says, well, that must be happening elsewhere. But I bet that's happening here. I bet that there are, certainly there are people here that are saying. I have talked to people. People have emailed me to the show, and you can always email me at steve.scafiti2s1d at wtmj.com, who have said, we are deliberately not doing that. That public display, front-facing display at our house or our condo or apartment because of these Threats and risks. That's stunning. It's stunning to me. It's uh, and I I see where we where we got to this point. Uh, but I'll tell you the that's a lot of that's a lot to put on local police uh, to you know in the uh, everything else that they're doing everything else that they're doing while they're out on patrol. They also have to be mindful. And listen, this isn't just something that Steve and Annie, you know, cooked up. The, the you know, Department of Homeland Security is out there, you know, today, uh, along with the FBI saying, we believe that there is an increased threat in this country during holiday time because of what's going on in, in other parts of the world. And, uh, you know, I hope we don't get so inured to that that we don't pay attention because I feel like whenever there's something large scale happening somewhere else in the world, I feel like we hear, ah, uh, you know, we want people to be cautious. Whenever I, when I'm, I'm flying for the State Department or for USDOJ, I always check, check the travel.gov site on State Department, see are there travel warnings. And I, I don't think I ever really take those terribly seriously. I think, yeah, it's just an abundance of caution, but I feel like it's not that this year. I feel that there is there's more of an urgency. There felt like more of a of a of a grave a, a grave warning on the part of DHS and and the FBI. And you and I both know because we've we've been familiar with this this story, especially with uh, not just faith but places of worship. That this is always a concern going back a long time. The, the interesting backstory with the attack on the Sikh temple, the slaughter at the Sikh temple, was that there were there were threats to other places of worship in Oak Creek before that happened. They were not attacked. Of course, the you know, August 5th, 2012 happened, and that dynamic changed. And all of a sudden, it was a, a, a time where communities, large and small, had to think about, are we, are we thinking about this stuff in the right way? Are we, we want to be, our doors want to be open for people in our community, faith community. But in reality, you almost can't do that anymore. You have to think about these things. So as we approach the holiday season, I always try to take a positive out of negative. Maybe some self-awareness, some understanding of this is the reality of the world we live in. Maybe that makes people a little more observant, a little more careful, a little more cautious. And they're actually, if, the famous one, if you see something, say something. You notice things. If you, and this goes for the holidays or any time of year. If you see something that doesn't, just doesn't seem right to you, report it. And we had, remember we had Mitch Ross on. Yes. Who uh, used to work at executive protection at the Milwaukee Police Department and, uh, is, is something of a, of a subject matter expert on, on safety in houses of worship. And I said to him, we have been telling people see something, say something forever. I think we need to be more specific about what that something is. And he talked about what some of those things might be. Now, I think one of the things that he mentioned was the person who doesn't seem to belong who comes into the into the church or the synagogue or the mosque, and you say, I haven't seen them before. 
is the way to, you know, hello, nice to meet you. I'm Annie Schwartz and you see you're new here. You know, I wanted to introduce myself. Is that what you need? I mean, so are we no longer, hey, come one, come all. I remember for years when I was uh, a kid that the a lot of the homeless population was able to come inside Jay Zoo mm-hmm. uh, down on the Marquette campus and, you know, sit in the back pews and, and, and get warm and just feel like they had a safe place to be. But are we now looking askance at anybody who is not what we usually see in, in our houses of worship? And I think you know that's a that that takes that takes me anyway to a to a sad place. Yeah, it's a two-edged sword, right? You want to be welcoming, but at the same time, you want to be cautious and careful. I don't know that person. I don't know what potentially they are going to do or what they're going to say, or if they're disruptive or intent on in, in, you know implementing some violence in our place of worship. A couple of texts before we go to break. Uh, dispatchers, the the real first responders, because they are the first person who responds to you. Dispatchers tell me where to go. For 32 and a half years, indispensable in some areas, they're considered secretarial staff. I hope not. Mm. That is not their role. Well, what we want to do today is we want to really get the, you know, we, Personal, we appreciate Personalize that. it. And we appreciate them. Let them know that, that they are, that they're appreciated and recognized. We are going to be joined after the break here for some partner ads by the communications sergeant at Dodge County Sheriff's Office. Jeremy Grossman will join us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Annie Schwartz, Steve Scafidi, WTMJ, now the Public Safety Hour. Warming up your holiday season. All we need is a fireplace in here, Annie Schwartz, and we really got Maybe I need one of those, because uh, I was watching it last night on Amazon Prime. They have it's just the fireplace video. We love that. And they, you can get the little crackle. It has it. all love that. I, I, I literally sat there and read while this was on my big screen TV. It was the most relaxing time I've ever spent. It's the it's the only fireplace we have. We wish we had a, a, a real live fireplace. And then Mark always likes to say, and then you'll be going outside to get the wood in, yeah. and then you'll be... Well, we, we have a fireplace in the house I haven't used because it's got a cracked flu. Good time for a partner to say, hey, maybe we could fix that for you and do something at WTMJ. Self-promotion, I understand. All right. Let's get, let's I'll suck. Google flu later. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that the, the smoke goes yeah, on. Yeah, okay. I, I don't. All right. We are honored to have a special guest today. And you've, you've been knocking it out of the park with our guests lately. Today, that special guest on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Jeremy Grossman. He's a sergeant, communications sergeant at Dodge County Sheriff's Office. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Sergeant. Thank you so much for coming on. I sent. I, I have to. In, in full full disclosure. I sent the sergeant a note this morning, and I said it wasn't a nightmare. You did agree to come on the radio. And, <laughs> right. But you know what? I, I what I like is that that Sergeant Grossman and I had a conversation uh, about the fact that as someone who sees what dispatchers or telecommunicators do every day, he really welcomed this opportunity to highlight and say you know, amazing things about the people he works with. Am I right, uh, right on that, Sergeant? You are correct. Um, many times the, the dispatchers, I mean, we are the true first responders, but many times we kind of get forgotten about when these big incidents occur. Um, so it's, it's nice to, uh, to promote what we do and, and the positive aspect of it. I wanted to ask you a bunch of questions, but we were prompted, uh, Annie and I, to talk about this because of this recent survey that we saw that, Number eight on the stressful jobs was telecommunicators, public you know, uh, uh, dispatchers. Um, your thoughts on on the challenge of, of what you do every day and how you manage that stress. I'm, I'm fascinated by how that happens because I, I was telling Annie earlier, the telecommunicators I know are some of the most calm, gracious, nice people that I've ever met in my life. 
doing a very difficult job, a scary job, in my opinion. How do you manage that? I, I agree with you on that. You know, after I was approached on this, I did look at that, that USA Today article myself, and I thought, you know, having us at eight was probably a little inaccurate. I think we should have been a little higher on this because it is. I mean, our job is very stressful. We need to make life or death decisions at the split second. Um, we're fortunate here at the sheriff's office. We do have uh, a couple of different teams that we, we have a system teams for critical stress management where we have employees who reach out to our fellow employees after major situations. Um, being that we are a smaller organization, everybody does a great job of checking up on each other when we have something bad. Um, they, it's, it's, it's look out for one another. Um, you know, and having your support network is, is very big. You know, I go home, I have my wife, I have my two children, and granted I cannot give details and they don't ask me details, but you know, they understand where I'm coming from. Um, our deputies are very good. We make we take a, a very serious call. Our deputies are very good about checking up on us or coming up and giving us closure because a lot of times we don't know how that event ended. So for us, the hardest thing is not getting that closure. You know, that's it. I was, in fact, I was going to ask you, um, Sergeant, what happens after the, the large-scale incident is over? I know what almost everybody does on the scene but what's happening back in the in the in the in the dispatch center after a, a critical incident? What what are you guys you know going through? What are you experiencing? I do love the idea that they that you get the closure that someone comes back and says, "Hey, would you like to know how that turned out?" Yeah, that that's huge for us. That's not something we always got when we when I first started my career almost eighteen years ago. A lot of times we're always off left wondering, you know, how that ended. Big situations after the fact, we will have debriefings, and that will include a fire, EMS, all law enforcement that were included in it. And within those debriefings, everybody basically tells what their role was. Um, there's nobody's critiqued or second guess why they did what they did. And that's just to give everybody closure on that. Um, in a big situation in a center, you know, a lot of times we, we encourage each other to get away from the desk, go take a minute, clear your head. But the nature of our job is we don't always get that break, you know, so we may be dealing with a major incident and minutes later, a second one comes in, you know, so it, it's all about taking care of your people and just checking up on them as you can. Um, we like to do what we call a hot wash of incidents, you know, so if something big happens, we will, you know, talk about what went good, what went bad, you know, where can we approve, but we know when we take this job, what we sign up for, that this is going to be a very stressful job, but we're here to for public safety and our officer safety, get everybody home safe at night. Dodge County's communications sergeant, Jeremy Grossman, joining us from the sheriff's office. Um, consider this the PSA part of this. When I, I know you get a ton of calls. Every, every department does. Every agency does. What are some of the things you would advise people? The, the easiest one is when to call, when not to call the emergency 911. But beyond that, what information should they have that makes the process easier? Is there a checklist that you guys and gals need to do that job more efficiently? And how can the public help? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first thing we ask is, what is the location of your emergency? Um, if we can figure out where you're at, let's say we figure out where you're at, but we lose phone communication. We know where to send responders. We may not know what's going on. So that's why we always ask, where is the location or what is the address? And the biggest thing is try to stay calm. Um, we're going to go through a series of questions scripted questions that we're trying to get the appropriate information. And 
if our callers aren't calm, we may have to ask that question over and over to get that information, and that may delay response time. And also, I think there's a misconception out there. As I'm doing my call intake and I'm asking you questions, it's not delaying the services that are coming to you because right. my partners are listening to this and they're sending help immediately. Mm-hmm. Now that starts right away, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But people don't I, know that, do they, Sergeant? That's... system and my partners are looking at it. If, let's say this is an EMS call. Um, I'm entering it in. They're listening to the call and immediately they are paging out the appropriate agency. There's no delay by me continuing to ask questions. Let's take a break. Another thing that happens, real, real quick. that happens frequently right now Go is ahead. with Go these ahead. accidental 911 calls. We just ask that you stay on the line. Um, it makes it much easier for us because we're going to follow up with you if you hang up. No matter how fast you hang up, that call is going to come into our center. And we create a call for service. We call back. We do some digging to see who that number belongs to. But if you just stay on the line with us, it makes that process much shorter, much faster, and allows us to get to the next call. You can tell he really knows his job because he wasn't letting this radio guy interrupt with his important points. So we are going to take a break Sorry here. No, 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 no apologies. That was great information. He is the communications sergeant at Dodge County Sheriff's Office. We'll take a break. I got lots more. We want to ask you to stay. Yes, yes, make sure yes, you yes, stick I will, around. I will stay. I Absolutely. Uh, you'll join us, rejoin us after the break right here on WTMJ. Public Safety Hour here on WTMJ. Now, Andy Schwartz, my guest, law enforcement communications experts, and yours truly. But today we have a special guest, Jeremy Grossman, communications sergeant at Dodge County Sheriff's Office. Hey, Sergeant, I'm just wondering if you might be able to, to tell our audience a little bit. I I remember sitting with the, the dispatchers a number of times when I was working for the uh, the Milwaukee Police Department, and I'm, I was just gobsmacked at how many things you have to pay attention to. Um, can you can you describe for, for our listeners a little bit what what it looks like where you sit when you when you sit at work, uh, the screens, what you're looking at, all the different information you're trying to take in? Sure, absolutely. Um, actually, we have six monitors in front of us. They're 27-inch monitors, and we could probably use one or two more. So within all that, we have our phone system. Uh, we do have the capability for texting 911 with our, our phone system. We are monitoring our radio. We have several radio channels throughout the county. Um, our CAD system, which is our computer-aided computer dispatch, sorry about that. And then various other programs that we use, like Rapid SOS, that helps us plot uh, cell phone locations. Um, time system, where we do a lot of queries throughout the states. Uh, so in front of me, I have six monitors. I have two keyboards, uh, four computer mouse. Uh, so it's 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 definitely multitasking and multi-listening. No, yes. su- no surprise. Uh, we're getting a lot of uh, yeah. people uh, commenting on the uh, old National Bank talking text line. As someone who spent 25 years as an EMT firefighter, we never took our dispatches for granted. They were our lifeline. Please ask the sheriff, can he determine, communications sergeant, can he determine the location by tracing the phone that's making the call to 911? Yeah, we do have that capability within our phone system. Um, all cell providers will give us a, a physical location by triangulation off of cell towers. Um, some are a little more accurate than others. We also have a couple other companies up there that are very accurate. Rapid SOS is one of them, and they will sh- show us location um, within, I'd say, a 10-meter range. And we're actually working with an, another program provider right now where we will be getting some live feed pictures, video, that type of situation also. This is sort of a general question, and a couple of texters asked it, but I also had it on my list. Um, when to call emergency 911? I think we all think that everything's an emergency. Some people do. 
Is there some general advice you could give to the public that says, okay, this is what you should be calling 911 for? Maybe these are other non-emergency situations. Is there sort of a yeah. checklist? Well, absolutely. You know, everybody views 911 as life or death emergency, and absolutely that's correct. Um, we get a lot of, like, traffic complaints where people will call a non-emergency. You know, we got a, let's say we have a wrong-way driver. We've been having that lately. Mm. Or a very erratic driver that, you know, is close to causing accidents. In those situations, absolutely call 911. You know, it's it's life or safety, life or death safety right there. Um, unfortunately, we do get those ones where people just don't know what other number to call, so they call 911 mm. when they shouldn't be using it, and we try to educate them then. Hey, Jeremy, you know, you do know the number one um, 911 call uh, in the city of Orlando uh, dispatch center, yes? I do not. I'm directions, assuming it's related to Disney World. Directions to Disney World. That <laughs> yeah. is the number one 911 call they get. And, and that, that is just not makes my, appropriate. That makes my head come off when I think about that. You are correct. That is not appropriate. We do, and I'm not uh, trying to make jokes here, when it becomes Thanksgiving time, we do get several calls. Wondering how long they should cook their turkeys. Uh, wow. Fourth of July, we get a lot of calls about when the fireworks are or the parades are. And that's our chance just to educate and let people know what it's for and that we do have a non-emergency number for that use. Sergeant, you know what? One of the things I'm, I'm, I'm watching is the big debate that, that we're having. A lot of the television stations are reporting on, uh, you know, the, the controversy over cameras, flock cameras, all that kind of, you know, real-time crime stuff. And while the public may look at that one way, I, I think that people aren't often thinking about the value to being able to have that kind of monitoring in real time. That could really help you all in in emergencies. Am I right? Correct. We do have flock. Um, we access that quite frequently. And I was approached with that same question several times. And and the one I like to ask back is if your vehicle is stolen. Uh, would you like us to use that resource? Because there's a very good chance we can find out where that vehicle is in a short amount of time. So that does give us a great resource on, on crimes like that. How is the the resources that you have? We hear often, and I've talked about it on my show a lot, that the, the, the challenge is workforce, not enough people. Is this a career field where people who are really interested in serving the public could could uh, test for, train for, be hired in, in a local community's uh, public safety sector? Yeah, this is a very rewarding career. Like I said, I, I actually came from a computer background and started this career almost 18 years ago, not knowing this trip would take me to a, a radio station call in today. But <laughs> um, one of our local technical colleges has started up a communications officer course. They used to offer it. It ended about 20 years ago. They started that back up. Uh, we will hire people that, that do not have experience and put them through our training program, which is approximately 16 weeks. Uh, fire EMTs who have some of that basic knowledge are encouraged to apply also that looks, uh, that comes in handy in this field. But we will take the right candidate and put them through our training program and, and get them up to speed. It's a very rewarding career. For a young, young person or a parent of a young person who's maybe thinking about their child and what they might do with, with their life, are there certain coursework training they could do on their own before they ever make that commitment to be uh, an EMT or, 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 or a dispatcher or telecommunicator? Is there something that would be valuable in that learning and that education early on? Well, one of the things that we're very open with in our center is we encourage members of the public or fire and EMS to come sit in our center. Um, come in, observe what we do, hear some of the calls. We'll put a headset on you. You'll hear the radio traffic. You'll hear the calls. And some people walk in and see all those monitors that we just talked about and all those keyboards and say, yeah, this isn't for me. 
So, you know, come in, take four, eight hours and just witness a job. We've had a lot of people come in, even that started our training and say, yeah, this, this isn't for me. That's the, the easiest step. We're open, come in and visit. Interesting. That is a good, that, and that's a great way to do it. Kind of do that little sit along, right? With the, with yep. the dispatchers. Uh, I Absolutely. appreciate that you said that because boy, couldn't, don't we have a lot of, uh, police and fire commissions and, and, and public, uh, public officials in municipalities all over the state. That really could benefit from that. They, you know, people want to do the ride along, right? They want to do, they want to go out on the streets and wear the vest and, and, and do that. But I think that, that sitting with the, with the telecommunicators could really be a valuable piece in, in learning what, uh, what that job entails. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. We want to thank you for coming on. We are talking to Communications Sergeant at Dodge County Sheriff's Office. Already getting a lot of people saying you guys do a fantastic job out there. Jeremy Grossman, have a wonderful holiday season, and thanks uh, for all the great work that you do. Thank you, and we appreciate the uh, the opportunity to speak with you folks. Sergeant, thank you so much. And big shout-out, because I, I promised you we'd do it. Uh, big shout-out to the telecommunicators at the Dodge County Sheriff's Office. You guys are doing an amazing job. Sheriff Dale Schmidt, uh, for uh, volunteering you to, to, come and, uh, <laughs> to come and chat with us. Tell him when, when he says to me, hey, Annie, anytime we can ever do something, let me know. Uh, tell him this is a great example of that, and we really appreciate you coming on, uh, Sergeant. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Have All a right. great day. Yes, you too. We'll take a break here. Annie Schwartz, Steve Scafidi, on the Public Safety Hour on WTMJ. Public Safety Hour with Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert in studio, as always. And thanks to the great sergeant out there, communications sergeant Jeremy Grossman of Dodge County Sheriff's Office. And as, as he was talking, people from that area were saying mm. you know, great things in the text line. And real quick, I, just, I was reading one of them. Thank you for having the Dodge County communications supervisor on. I volunteer with DCERT. Dodge County Emergency Response Team, and we're called out to accident mm-hmm. scenes for traffic control, and they are extremely skilled at what they do. No surprise. And, you know, the, we're talking a lot in, in, about not just law enforcement, but but fire service, public safety in general, that recruiting is an issue, right? We need we need more of everybody. But maybe a career as a, as a firefighter or as a, uh, a street you know, police officer is not for you, but you love the idea of being so intricately involved in what's happening in public safety. The job of a telecommunicator is, it's probably more excitement than you can possibly, oh, possibly yeah. take. You know, I do, I know somebody who's, uh, who's listening to us right now as they're, he's driving back from, uh, from some fire training is, uh, Milwaukee Fire Chief Aaron Lipsky, and he is, a great when when I, I mentioned to him that we were going to be doing this today, he said, "Make sure you do that." Shout out to those dispatchers because those are those are everything. We have all the tools and technology, right, that we need to keep us safe. But that human element is the one that you just that you can't buy. One of my, I, have, I think I have friends with about four or five police chiefs, all retired. And they they always tell me, "Be a help if you're in the member of the public. Be a help, not a hindrance." Mm-hmm. Don't get in their way. Don't argue about stuff. They have a job to do. They're trying to maintain public safety and security. And having an agitator is not the way to make yourself popular, be popular on social media. You're just getting in the way. So be a help, not a hindrance, especially at this time of year. There's a lot going on. Lots of stuff happening. Don't get in the way. And because we talk about the issue of communications when when I'm on here with you, you know, when you listen to 
the the telecommunicators on some of these large scale incidents, right? And you hear the the dispatcher's calm voice. It doesn't mean there's no sense of urgency. And and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna help the the sergeant make that point again, which was just because we're asking you questions doesn't mean that nothing is happening while we're talking to you. We're on the keyboard. We're sending help. He's talked about six monitors. He's looking at all six of those monitors to see what's going on. I think that I'd like to see us do more of an education piece on that. Let's tell people what happens. We always tell people what happens when you, you know, when you call 911, we show the police response. But those dispatchers, they are calm like I have, like I have never seen. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to write up a little, uh, because he he talked about uh, a few things that were tips, uh, location is important. Be calm, as, as calm as you can in an emergency. Uh, obviously um, there's no delay, so don't keep asking about why are you sending someone. They're already sending somebody. And stay on the line. I'm going to send out, I'm going to type a little thing. We'll put it on our on our uh, websites, and we'll, we'll uh, put some audio from our interview with the with the sergeant, because I think that's important. Uh, especially during the holidays. There's a lot, as I said, lots going on. There's, there's families gathering. You're driving probably more than you typically drive. The weather at this time of year can be a little crazy. Lots of things happening. So if you can help, again, there's that help versus hindrance thing. If you can help make those calls go quicker and easier, that makes their job less stressful, which is how we started this, and makes the process go easier. So all of those tips we'll, we'll include in a little write-up that we'll do on our, on our webpage. And, you know, a lot of times we get these ideas. I got the idea for today's, uh, today's segment because I saw a post from retired uh, Germantown uh, police chief Peter Hale, uh, who's married to a telecommunicator. And I thought that he, he's, he's the one that posted that study, and I thought this is a great, this is a great idea. So we appreciate your ideas. Anytime people have ideas for a subject that we can, Absolutely. that we can cover in public safety, we'd, we'd love to hear that. It's not just Annie and I wanting to talk. <laughs> because I, we love that. We do love that. And we, and, and Annie's one of my dear friends and, and it's always great to hang out with her for an hour. But the idea is here, we already know that those are tough jobs. We started this talking about stress and, and we've certainly delved into officer and firefighter wellness and all the folks that help those individuals get through all the things they deal with. But if we, the public, can do anything, that is sort of the message of this of this show today. And I, and I want to thank the sergeant for coming on. Annie Schwartz, we got to go to break for news. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on again, Steve. Every Wednesday, I really look forward to this because I, I look forward not just to being on, but to having people come up to me, especially people that work in public safety, saying, wow, that, I'm so glad you guys covered that. I would never not do that. And uh, for all those folks wondering, yes, there will be, I think, a sixth year of Salute to Service coming up in May right here on this show. So looking forward to all that.